I was kind of stuck in the cycle of the mindset was you're earning a great salary, you have a job, you're living in New York, which is the center of the universe to me. So why do you still feel like something is missing? And there was this piece of me that was a question mark every single day. So I'm looking at my life and I have every single thing I, I need to be thankful for. I have wonderful friends, I have a supportive family, and I'm living in one of the greatest cities in the universe. So what was missing? Please fasten your seatbelts and return your seats to their upright positions. We are now beginning our final approach to The Ginny Show. most fantastic place on earth doesn't guarantee happiness. But sometimes we find the key to happiness in the most unexpected places. And no, I'm not referring to that enlightenment we seek at McDonald's at 3am. Not that that's ever happened to me. With me here today is Karen Gamba, co-founder and chief marketing officer of XV Agency. She's a philanthropist, traveler, sci-fi fanatic, and overall girl power guru. Karen is an eternal expat and travel fanatic, and she's here to share some of the most life-changing awakenings she's experienced in different locations around the globe. Karen, I'd love to start with discussing your trip to Iceland, because you experienced one of the most profound moments in your adult life during this impulsive trip that you took to Reykjavik, Would you mind sharing with us what made you decide to leave New York and what happened in Iceland? I had moved to New York to become a writer. This is what I was interested in doing. And I ended up working at law firms for the biggest part of my career. I started as a legal secretary. I went into client development and business development in law firms, which was the furthest thing from my my point of interest ever. So, you know, I was working with lawyers. I got to meet people on international teams. My experiences were wonderful in in so many ways, even the challenging parts of it. But what was missing was a sense of fulfillment. So I had a great bank account, but the bank account in my soul was completely overdrawn and done. I had this moment where I spoke to a friend and I said to her, I just need to reset. I need to rethink about things because I either want to come back and just feel more grateful for what I have or maybe have a realization that change is afoot inside me because now I'm laying awake at night and wondering why I'm wondering about wondering. So it is this perpetual state of wondering and looking for the answers, but you don't know where to start, right? You just keep going down this tunnel in your mind and so you hear all these motivational quotes Karen, like, you know, jump on a plane. Karen, go somewhere. Karen, pack a bag. That's kind of what you did, right? You listened to your own calling and you just went with it. 
Exactly. I was trying to think of a place that would be completely foreign to me. So I thought of Iceland as a way to go to a place where the language was going to be different, where I wouldn't be able to read any of the road signs. I wanted to throw myself into a state of flux within a sense of comfort. I was with a dear friend and we were only there for a short period of time. I went on this amazing adventure with parameters because that is the person I was to a certain point where, where it's always proceed with caution with me. That was my life in corporate America. And, and this is where we were gearing up to this, this trip. There was a moment where um, we were riding horses through this lunar landscape of, of Reykjavik, which on the outskirts of Reykjavik, that was absolutely beautiful. And she and I were sharing this conversation and this moment. But then I got into my head about, I feel like I'm slipping off this horse. What if I fall? What if I embarrass myself in front of all these wonderful tourists and Icelandic people? And then I got out of my head of the actual experience. <laughs> I love the fact that you were on this Viking horse and you're like <laughs> riding through this lunar landscape as you described it. And isn't it funny, like how the mind takes us away from the present, right? We're in our bodies having this experience, yet physically we're somewhere else. Physically you're in Iceland, but in your mind you're like somewhere completely else. This is what was going on in my head. You know, my friend's on her horse. She's having a wonderful time. She stops every so often to take a picture. And I'm on this horse and I don't know what kind of expression I must have had on my face because I'm thinking about every single aspect of my life maybe little mistakes I, I made, things I should have done differently, an opportunity I missed. Should I call that person back and say, yes, I am interested? And there was this moment where the horse kind of faltered a little bit and I like, it jolted me and I was there. I was in Iceland and I was on the horse and I was with my friend. And that was the first moment where everything else in my life started kind of melting away and I became present. So almost falling off a horse is what started getting me back to earth. So just the idea of falling off a horse knocked some sense into you. <laughs> was that when you realized that corporate America just wasn't doing it for you anymore? The quick backstory about this was, um, I was working with incredibly talented people, women, women of color, people of color, some people who had incredible degrees and, they weren't getting seats at the table for their experiences the way I would have liked to see. I knew that there were people qualified to go and speak at conferences. And yet when we attended conferences and we were looking at who was being represented, it was a sea of men in suits. So literally getting jolted on this horse, I been getting responses to some of the questions I didn't even know I had about what was the disconnect within me? Why wasn't I happy? I had the salary, I had a position, I was very well respected. Everything started clicking into place and, and this is where this flurry of ideas came and I, it was kind of like, so what if I created a space for women to share their knowledge and their expertise? Why did I have to wait for some big conference to have them have that opportunity or be denied that opportunity? Could I create my own conferences and my own spaces? And could I make those spaces inclusive? And it was a very refreshing and terrifying feeling all the same 
because the realization came that I knew I needed to make a change. And sometimes that is the scariest part of the journey. You know, many people might get that actual epiphany or awakening, but not everybody will have that courage to actually act on it. When you returned to New York, what was the first step that you took to act on that realization you had in Iceland? It took a little while for me to kind of gear up the courage. There was a there was a particular woman at my firm that I had the greatest respect for. She worked in marketing and business development, and I was always a little bit afraid to speak to her. The trigger was this. I had been working with my boss for many years, and I was at my desk, I was working, and he came and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, you know what brings me comfort is I know you'll be with me forever. And I know he meant it in the nicest possible way because we had a great relationship. But from there, I got up and I went into her office and I said, I need to get out of here. And she looked at me and she said, do you know how long I've been waiting for you to come into my office and have this conversation with me? She said, I've seen you. I've seen what you're capable of. Why did you wait so long? That's how the comfort zone started to break because she was giving me an opportunity to go into a position I had absolutely no experience for, and I was there for it. I was ready to take this on. I realized I had the grit to do it, and that's really how it started. It, was, it started with one of the dearest people I worked with saying, I'm so glad you'll, you'll be with me forever. I had to prove it wrong. I had to prove him wrong. I had to prove myself wrong. And that's how it happened. But isn't it strange how we all allow the tendrils of our own self-doubt to overgrow and strangle our proven courage, right? Like, for instance, someone like you left the comfort of your own country, you know, South Africa. You abandoned your support structures and you made a success of yourself in New York of all places. And that shows that you have courage and you have a proven sense of, hey, I've achieved something somewhere else. But, you know, sometimes we can tend to forget that we've achieved something already and we allow all these new obstacles to come to the forefront and we start to question ourselves. I'm wondering, do you reflect back on your past achievements to make future challenges seem less daunting? Absolutely. I think we definitely need to visit our own planets from time to time because we definitely forget. So I just had these endless hours of trying to build myself up, trying to build a name for myself and my business that I forgot about my health. I forgot about, oh, you're supposed to eat at some point in the day. You're supposed to maybe get some exercise. So when you do have these moments of clarity, I want to really encourage people to embrace it. And it's not always an easy thing to do, to sit and look inward and see what the work is you need to do on yourself. Sometimes it's not a pretty thing because we tend to get into these patterns of behavior where we repeat this. We know that this is the definition of insanity. We repeat this behavior and we wonder why things don't change. We wonder why people treat us a certain way all the time. Why does this always happen with my relationships? Why am I always in a relationship with someone who treats me like this? Why am I always in a job where this happens? And it's because of us. It's not because of other people. I'm not saying they're not liable and accountable, but we project an image that people take in. And so they treat us 
according to the image we're projecting. However, we do tend to forget the fundamentals of the things that make us happy and what feeds us. And that's when we lose parts of ourselves, right? That's when we lose parts of that key core person we are. And it's because of our own behavior that doesn't shift. So sometimes it takes something drastic. Sometimes it takes a failure. Sometimes it takes a relationship gone wrong to have you have that moment, but it's always something that jolts you. You use the word jolt and I think it's appropriate. Sometimes it takes falling, almost falling off a horse in front of a lot of people that makes you come back to center. But those moments are important. And I really want to emphasize that because people see failure as a bad thing and it really isn't. You know, I couldn't agree more because in essence, failure is a course correction, right? And the same could be said for rejection. Both are simply like directions, right? They'll, they'll redirect you or they'll show you where you should go to find the next chapter in your life. It does. We forget that because in the moment, the pain and the disappointment is so overwhelming that obviously you don't see that growing moment. But I really think it's important to look back on those moments when you did fall flat on your face, when something didn't go well, when you were rejected, when you felt a sense of loss, because those are the moments where your course corrected. I mean, what's the point of existing through this life when you're not fulfilled? I worked with people who were making millions and millions of dollars and would go on vacation with their families and be working the entire time. I just knew it wasn't something I wanted for myself. I knew I didn't want to wake up one day and say, I missed out on so much. I was in Turks and Caicos with my family, but I worked the entire time. I was on calls with clients the entire time because that just doesn't make sense to me. I am not knocking anyone who does that who's hustling for their families and for themselves and trying to make a great life for themselves. I respect it. I just knew it wasn't what I wanted. And that was also part of the course correct. And one of the hardest things you can do. I can attest to that, but it's not only following through on that first realization. I mean, for me, I have stalkers that won't comply with any restraining order. <laughs> the stalkers I'm calling the self-doubt and anxiety, and they continue to, you know, come and go. And I just have to remind myself to get one foot in front of the other, and to move on and get away from them. Karen, do you experience the same? I mean, as a fellow entrepreneur, how do you experience an ordinary day? There is this consistent buzz of slight terror going on. Consider yourself in a 1980s slasher flick. That was my life. I felt like there was some kind of slasher with a chainsaw behind every single corner. That was a dramatic statement. I'm joking. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but there was kind of this underlying sense of fear constantly. But in my personality, the buzz also kind of feeds me. The adrenaline feeds me to push myself. I am the world's greatest procrastinator. I do my best work and I am my best self when there's a little bit of pressure on me. I say this all the time, and I, but I really mean this. This is a big part of the fabric of who I am. You cannot be a transactional person when you are starting a business. When the only thing you need is money, 
you have to realize that that may not be the first thing you're going to get. And you have to prepare yourself for that. Now you almost have to start over building relationships. And then the people I would have never considered in a million years would have been my cheerleaders were the ones who kind of rose to the top. And it, you, you go through this moment where the, the entire paradigm of what you think is real just completely shifts and turns on its head. And people who are kind of at the bottom of the, the networking pool rise to the top. And people who were acquaintances become friends. And people who were friends kind of move into the background. So what I experienced and what I experienced to this day is that when you take this journey, when you decide you want to do this, start your own business, become an entrepreneur, you have to make peace with the fact that the earth is consistently going to be shifting underneath your feet and you are on roller skates. That is the truth. You are constantly correcting your balance. Sometimes you have to look at what's on the table and make the right decision and, and do what is right for you and your sanity and your health. That also is a difficult conversation to have. Absolutely. But now that we're talking about relationships, you mentioned that you were recently in Greece and you watched a spectacular sunset with your mother. I mean, really, is there anything like a Santorini sunset? But it got me all teary-eyed when you told me this story, and I would love to know if you could share this with us, what you learned from it. You know how it is. When you live as, as an expat, when you go home to visit, it's kind of crunch time. You know, you, you want to see everybody. You want to go visit all the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and the friends. And there's, I'm not saying it's not quality time, but you are on this ticking clock, right? Where it's like you have this period of time where you can spend with your family and then you have to go back, back to work, back to your life. And this was the first time in many years where it was just the two of us. It was a big birthday for her. I had considered inviting some people to come, but I realized how important it was for just the two of us to reconnect. We always had a very, very close relationship, but you can stay close, you know, when you're speaking to someone on the phone every day, but it's not the same as being in someone's physical space. The thing about my mom is she is just such a grateful person. She is grateful for every little thing. And I will, I will tell you, you know, she, she would come and visit me in New York and I would say to her, listen, let's go take a walk around Brooklyn. And we would take a little walk and we'd come home and she would be like, thank you so much. That was the best walk. It was the most amazing thing. That's who she is. And I realized that in everything I had shared with you, I had forgotten those tiny moments of gratitude. And being with her in that moment reminded me that she was the person who taught me about gratitude and kind of never losing your, your childlike wonder for the world. Never get into this place where you're such a serious adult that you forget about the fun of things. I mean, my mom is one of the people who turned me into, I think, the kooky person I am today, really. And I say this with the greatest amount of love because, you know, she was the one who kind of got me into comic books and, and you know, learning about the Marvel and DC universes. I had brothers. My mom was the one who taught me about this. You know, my mom was, that was the one that got me turned on to Star Wars as a child. My mom is cool as hell. And uh, she got me into this. 
my mom got me into the Stephen King books. I, I mean, I sh probably should not have read it when I was nine. And I just felt this great sense of peace because I realized that she was the person in my life that said to me, whatever you do in life, I don't care what it is, just be happy. And I was. And I think we so often forget that we actually are happy. We're so busy with a climb that we forget to, uh, you know, look around and stop and cliche, smell the roses. So that moment with her was another shift for me. It was another jolt. So finding happiness in gratitude and having unconditional support from the right cheerleaders in your life, that helps to motivate you to continue and conquer whatever obstacles you might incur in life. Is that correct? I think a lot of people who consider themselves independent, I don't need a cheerleader, needs to relook at that. Because having someone that supports you is a very, very big part of growth. If you sign up for something, see it through, finish things. You know, I, I, I'm not talking about doing things that are destructive or where you're, where you're going through a process and it's hurtful and it's harming you. But if you really believe in something and you, you sign up to do this, you decide to be an entrepreneur, give it all you can. Realize that there's going to be pitfalls and difficulties and just keep going. In the moment when you're stopping and having an emotional breakdown 10 minutes, uh, 10 meters from the summit, you don't realize how close you might be to that next breakthrough, to that next moment. You might be just seconds away from the next call, that phone call that's going to change your life or maybe see you through another few months. And I think too often we get to a point where things seem so hard that we stop and we walk away, we abandon. That's how I see things now. That at any moment, you, me, we can go back and get a job and have a salary and have comfort and do things a certain way. But we have chosen this way. We have chosen to be kind of the leaders of our own destiny. And as difficult as it is sometimes, as challenging as it can be, sometimes panic attacks on the side of a mountain are necessary, but we're still here. We are still here and we're still doing it. And that is what I am grateful for. We're still going. Yeah, we're still going indeed. And now you're going strong in Hong Kong. Didn't mean that to rhyme, Karen, but would you mind sharing more of your life in Hong Kong at the moment? As you know, I, I recently moved to Hong Kong and I'm launching my business here. So we have this really exciting global impact that's happening the, the essence of our business is business development. We help smaller and mid-sized businesses achieve optimum performance through, through different strategies. We call them the blueprints. And with our nonprofit Women Building Women, we're actually working on a, a brick and mortar incubator, career incubator for women. So underserved women in the community in Atlanta, Georgia, will have a place to go to and, and have access to mentors and keynote speakers and conferences and, and courses where they can really just brush up on skills. We are very, very focused on helping people find their passion because it was a journey I went through. It's a journey you've been through and you know how important that is. So it is all a part of, of what we're doing now. And that's really what I'm excited about. So often we long for an escape. We find ourselves in a place that we always aspired to be. Yet we feel as if something is missing. 
If we are lucky, we may find ourselves in a different location and be overwhelmed by a realization or inspiration that might lead to a fundamental change in our mindset or our lives. But regardless of where you go to search for the solution, you will always find it in one location, within yourself. We just need to believe in our capabilities, reflect on our past achievements, take action, and hope that we will have the perfect cheerleaders to support us along our journey. And as Karen's mum reminded us, remember to be grateful for everything that makes this life so beautiful. Thanks for tuning in, my friends. I'll see you next week.